meeting is being recorded. Hi everyone, my name is Richard and I'm joined by Jonathan Ryle, a world famous uh, hypnotist um, who, oh God, I'll have to go with that again, sorry. <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll edit it. Oh, yeah, out. you can edit. You'll edit it, won't you? So go on. Okay. Three, yeah, yeah. two, one. Yeah. Hi, my name is Richard. I'm joined by Jonathan Ryle, who is a world-famous hypnotist. Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Richard. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very well. Thank you. Uh, so, Jonathan, can you introduce a little bit about yourself, your, your educational background, your qualifications, uh, what exactly you do for a living? Okay, um, I'll say up front, some of this may sound um, egotistical or, 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 or arrogant, um, and it's not meant to be, it's just it's called hard facts. So anyone who doesn't uh, believe it and wants to check such out, by all means, please go to the website I've set up, which has got nothing for sale. There's none of this trying to get your email or anything. It's purely and simply where there's evidence and stuff that backs up things and that's magicalguru.co.uk m-a-g-i-c-a-l-g-u-r-u.co.uk because it will sound a bit egotistical and arrogant when I say it but based on my research um, I'm past 33 fast approaching 34 years working as a clinical hypnotherapist stage hypnotist and in all many other areas of hypnosis I use the term loosely for reasons I'll explain later I am the most qualified uh, hypnotherapist in the world I've done more courses got more qualifications whether it's in NLP hypnotherapy whatever bloody fancy name it's been given by different people to repackage things I've done the courses and my motivation for doing them was to basically be able to prove the fact that when I claimed that when I teach people, I teach them the truth, that this was from a position of authority actually having not just read prospectuses for other schools, but actually done the courses and found out that sadly, 95%, probably more, but I'm going to be generous and say 95% of hypnosis training courses out there are complete and utter well, there's elements that are okay, but in general, a complete bullshit. Because unfortunately, most of the people running courses did a course. Then when they'd done the course, they were told they should take an advanced course. Then they were told by the person training them should take a, a master course. Then they were told they should take a trainer's trainer's course. And then they were encouraged to go out there and start teaching other people without really having any experience of going out actually helping people in the real world because it's like a weird multi-level marketing pyramid scheme a lot of the hypnosis and nlp training industry and it, it pisses me off frankly um that the blind are leading the blind and the majority of these people are the ones who will tell you incorrectly i may add but they will tell you probably because they honestly believe it because they were led to believe it by the person who taught them who was led to believe it by the person who taught them so they've been indoctrinated into a belief system that you cannot make or say anyone do or think or feel anything that will contradict their morals code or their values and 
this is where I upset the vast majority of people in the hypnosis industry because I categorically state that not only can you make people do things against their will, we're so-called hypnotic, and I'm doing that in the speech marks because they're just labels, and hypnosis in the way most people perceive it to be uh, doesn't actually exist. Uh, there's no such thing as hypnosis is another thing I boldly state, not in the way that conventional teachers claim it to be. Because my definition of hypnosis is that it's nothing more than the use of psychological and emotional manipulation techniques. Right. Now, in hypnotherapy, that is done with positive intent to help somebody overcome a habit, addiction, fear, phobia, emotional issue, panic attack, depression, you name it. I could list things from A through to Z all day long. Using emotional and psychological manipulation techniques in a positive manner with positive intent, with full cooperation and consent of the individual, it's possible to steer them in a direction that reprograms what I call their personal laptop computer, the unconscious subconscious mind, to operate more effectively, uh, leave behind any crap that they've gathered over the years and release any traumas that have been frozen in place and a whole bunch of other things so they can live the life for the better. So, so when you you are hypnotizing a person, Jonathan, you're speaking to their uh, unconscious mind. Well, eventually, subconscious mind. Excuse me. Yeah, subconscious mind. And now here's the thing: the truth is, there is no definitive proof. Although there's people who claim otherwise, but I, 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 I'm brutally honest here. There is people out there who say there's proof here that you go into a different state when you're hypnotized. But I've studied and looked, and the fact is, if you just get someone to close their eyes and breathe deeply and regularly for a minute or two, you can get the exact same brainwave patterns. So yeah. that's why I say hypnosis doesn't exist in the way most hypnotists say it does. It's not, there's no special state. In fact, I go as far to say that we are all, as human beings, hypnotized, and I'm using that term loosely, 24 hours a day. 365 days of the year. We're in a so-called trance state or a different state of belief and expectancy in our lives. Yeah. Every waking hour um, from the cradle to the grave, it's just that as we speak here right now, I'm in the being interviewed on a podcast trance state, you might argue. When yeah. we end this, I know it'll be not long till tea time and then it'll be, I'll be in, Mm, enjoying my tea trance uh yeah. like you know it'll be popping to the pub with the large trance they're just different states different states of being different yeah. ways of thinking that's all and um, and with certain knowledge and any authority figure so all right i go under the title of being a hypnotist because I help people with habits, addictions and whatnot and that, and that helps sell the process to people who want that but the truth is that any authority figure who is knowledgeable in the use of, well, firstly, in how the human brain works and operates and how human beings react to things emotionally and mentally, can structure what they say verbally or what they transmit non-verbally as well 
and generally a combination of the two. And even environmental conditions, creating the environment um, through the scenery or the way the office is set out uh, or the schoolroom or the workplace can be done by those with the knowledge so that it can influence, persuade and manipulate people into their way of thinking and into doing things that they may not normally have consciously consented to or agreed to or morally or ethically agreed with they can be and to the degree that you can even convince people to the point where they end up swearing blind that it was their own idea and that they were always happy about it now these therapists who say that you can't do this stuff either a were taught by somebody who hasn't got a clue what they're talking about or B, was taught by somebody who genuinely believed the statement because they'd been indoctrinated into that thought by the people teaching them, or C, and I think this genuinely, my gut feeling is that a lot of them, they don't teach other people it, but deep down they know that it could be used in a nefarious manner yeah. because they're scared of telling the truth because they think if they tell the truth, that it can be used by negative-minded people with nefarious intent to manipulate, persuade, and influence people into doing things against their moral code and values, even to the point of creating mind-controlled assassins. That's not just science fiction in films. Now, it's not as easy as it may be portrayed in some films. Yeah, but there again, yeah. a, film's, a film's only 90 minutes long. You can't pack in a, 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 a protracted period of time's brainwashing, conditioning and hypnotic influence process properly into a 90-minute film yeah. with the rest of the narrative. There's a, there's a lot of, um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, if, if you do your research on the topic, there's a lot of information out there. You can find exactly, almost exactly what they've done from start to finish, the methods yeah. used. De, de, defrag um, defragmentation of the mind, uh, trauma-based mind control, it's creating compartmentalization of the mind. It, it effectively, psychologically, through Words you can use physical trauma, uh, things like MK Ultra uh, after the war, uh, investigate trauma based mind control. But it's possible to actually just through words have people imagine in this so called state of hypnosis, mm. which is nothing more than a relaxed um, state where the critical faculty has been bypassed because the conscious mind has been overloaded with so many stimuli that the person becomes confused and disorientated, the bandwidth of the conscious mind is kind of uh, fully occupied so that the critical faculty, analytical area, executive function, call it what you will, different people have different names for it, can be bypassed so that you get direct into, I'm metaphorically calling it the personal laptop computer, the unconscious subconscious. These are only constructs, law. There is no definitive evidence the mind works like a computer. However, it's a metaphor that makes sense. And in my experience, um, when you explain things that way to a client in therapy, it makes it easier for them to get into the right state of mind for the therapy yeah. to work for it, them. The mind can be programmed in, in a way, like society can be programmed. Uh, it most definitely can. I mean, otherwise, I mean, again, MK Ultra studied um, trauma-based mind control and mind programming. Uh, that's yeah. something people can research. Project Mockingbird um that officially they say ended in the early 70s 
was run via the CIA with the lame, sorry, mainstream, not lamestream, uh, mm -hmm. legacy media uh, to brainwash, manipulate, influence and control people. Yeah. I would argue they officially ended it, they said, so that people wouldn't realise that it was still going on, where it's become even more powerful. And in fact, the evidence is growing stronger every day to the general public. The fact that the media, the lame mainstream media, I always slip into saying lamestream, sorry about that. The mainstream media, large amounts of it worldwide, um, you know, are being found to be guilty of hacking people's phones, drugging people, fabricating stories, lying about things, distorting things. Mm -hmm. It's not a hidden secret anymore. Yeah. I, I think I think most people are aware, you know, even those who wouldn't be kind of interested in, in delving further than the information that they're being presented with by mainstream media. I think most people are aware that it is a load of a load of bullshit, basically. That, I think that, they that are now, and I think that's become it is, they still sit down, they'll listen to the news, they'll take that what what information like for and that's dangerous. That's dangerous because consciously they might go you know what i've got to the point where i realize i shouldn't believe in all this but because they consciously maybe stop paying attention to what's on those news channels while they're sat there eating the dinner and they're maps having a conversation with the husband or wife or partner whatever you know uh, maybe the case that they think they're consciously having that conversation with their husband wife or partner because you know, we're not paying too much attention to the television news because we know we're not, we don't trust it that much these days. The trouble is, because they're occupying the bandwidth of the conscious mind, it, uh, there's so much, you know, the consciously on that conversation with the husband or wife, but almost subliminally what's on that television news programme can more easily filter past the critical faculty and go into the um, unconscious so it can still instill fear into them, which is what a lot of news is aimed at doing, installing false evidence against reality, mm. false evidence appearing real into the mass populace. So that generally speaking, as a mass populace, we then become people who want to instinctively want to uh, fuck everything and run, kind of freeze and go, yeah. I don't know what's going on in the world, as opposed to facing everything and rising and going, hang on a minute. I'll think for myself. I'm not listening to that nonsense. What, what would you say to people who who would say, um, I'm not someone who can be hypnotized. We live in a democratic society. I make my own choices. Um, and, you know, I'm not someone who can who can, you know, fall for for disinformation. From, that's that's being given by the government. No one, no one is hypnotizing me. I am making my own choices. Is that is that uh, well? Part of firstly, I would say the easiest people to hypnotize, influence, control, persuade are those who are foolish enough to think they can't be, because when they're so consciously set on the idea that they can't be manipulated, influenced, or controlled, that in itself um, kind of makes it even easier to use out of the ordinary, unexpected, what we call pattern interrupts, things that interrupt the pattern of what people expect to happen in everyday life, to cause that state of disorientation and confusion, to cause that kind of rabbit in the headlights, fight, flight, but then there's freeze, what shall I do? What the hell's going on? This doesn't make sense. Situation, mm -hmm. so that a message or a hypnotic command 
or an instruction, depending on the context or what you want to call it, can be programmed into them. There's not a single one of us, myself included, and I say that still sat here after 33 years as a professional hypnotist, okay? Yes, I may be more observantly, obviously more rapidly aware of these things being people attempting to use them on me and therefore able to go, well, take a step back. I'm not believing that. However, there is still some stuff on a daily basis that is going to get into my necktop computer because whilst I'm concentrated on avoiding being influenced by this over here, I can't possibly at the same time be consciously avoiding this over here. And we have so many things coming from us in everyday life. You know, people walk around with one of the biggest distractions, the biggest programming tool, the internet on the phone, social media, um, which some some have suggested that Facebook wasn't set up in a way that, uh, it, you know, the story goes and that in actual fact it was some have suggested funded by the CIA and the rest of the, the front story. And the whole mm. point of it was to get people addicted to social media so that they become addicted, an easy way of influencing and controlling. And, and, it, and it is. You've only got to look at documentaries mm. like The Social Network um, that was on Netflix, I believe. And... Cambridge Analytica. Uh, Cambridge Analytica as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, flipping heck. That is, that's massive. One of my good friends, Neil Saunders, second name for anyone listening is S-A-N-D-E-R-S. Neil Saunders, who has a website, Neil, N-E-I-L, Sanders, S-A-N-D-E-R-S, mindcontrol.co.uk has done the most comprehensive research on social media manipulation, influence and control and brainwashing, uh, in particular to Cambridge Analytica that I've seen. Um, and I recommend everyone to go and look at his wonderful website. And you'll see that this is not conspiracy theory. This is something that genuinely is uh, considered to be a military grade psychological warfare weapon by the British government. You have to get mm. you, people have to get permission to use it. This was used to influence influence the Brexit result. It was used to influence um Trump campaign. The Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. and, and 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 you know I this is not something that's hidden. It's not conspiracy theory. I'm trying to purposely today talk about things that people can go and very easily tap into Google and mm. find credible evidence. I mean, even the CIA has declassified a lot. They claim all, but I believe it's just a lot, not all, of the documents relating to MK Ultra and Project Mockingbird uh, and similar things, which... For the majority of people, hearing about those things, trauma-based mind control being looked at after the war, well, yes, and to make matters worse, it was being looked at by the likes of Josie Mengel, who did the atrocities in Nazi Germany, who was smuggled into America with other various yeah. other Nazis. Project Paperclip. With Project Paperclip. And these things sound like science fiction, but they're, yeah. now, they're now out there declassified and you yeah. can get the documents from the CIA's own website. Mm. 
This is I not conspiracy it, theories. Yeah, I find it amazing to think that, you, you know, the history books say that the Americans went in and killed all the Nazis and saved the Jews, which, okay, the Jews were saved in partly by the Russians as well. But uh, And today they're still persecuting those who they find to have worked in the Nazi camps. But... Yeah. They never say that they brought over hundreds of their top scientists, of their top generals, and brought them back to America, and they're possibly still working today on like the, the worst things you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, one element was your MK Ultra stuff, trauma-based yeah. mind control. Then, of course, you had your stuff that some would say ultimately led into uh, things that NASA now look into, um, space stuff. And and, and, yeah. and it's out there for people who actually, rather than just believing the narrative you're fed by, actually, they're hypnotists, okay? But yeah. to you, uh, they are politicians, they are teachers, they are, they are celebrities that have been perhaps paid on influence to uh, help a narrative be... Uh, believed by the mass populace. Um, but they are ultimately hypnotists. If, if you perceive them as an authority figure and take what they say unquestionably, then you're not applying any critical uh, analysis to it. You're not, you just take, well, that's nonsense. The trouble is we spend the first years of our life, um, well, mainly from birth up to leaving school. Um, but we'll start from being a baby till we go to school, we're being, you know, everything's soaking in like a sponge. Yeah. We have no critical faculty whatsoever. And then we go to school and it's apparently it's to learn things. But the truth is what we are taught really is learn these things from Mr. or Mrs. Authority figure or they, them, whatever pronoun they want to use these days, but learn these things from the authority figure teacher, then we're going to test you on them. And you're going to get rewarded for recalling, so remembering what the authority figure told you, recalling it, repeating it, will get you the reward of, yes, you passed the exam, you've got a high score. Not recalling it correctly, or not repeating it correctly, or questioning it too much in more subjects. Some of them, that's obviously context slightly different. Uh, but in more subjects will lead to the red cross. You got that wrong. Must try harder. So yeah. in actual fact, you go through years of being indoctrinated, not taught, indoctrinated, conditioned, brainwashed, manipulated and controlled, influenced and conditioned into the fact that the authority figure, all right, in this case, a teacher, but they're still a hypnotist, um, that you are supposed to obey authority figures, do what authority figures say, unquestionably remember, repeat and recall what authority figures say which is setting you up to be so easily influenced, manipulated, persuaded, and controlled every area of your life from there on in. It, 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 it's, it's, you've just got to remember, how did the education system ultimately start? You know, it wasn't because they wanted to educate people. They much preferred it at the time when people would perhaps get a communication and have to take it to the local priest who was educated to read it for them. There was even more control over people then, but then people started, some people did start to question, well, 
why not have why do we have to be dependent on somebody they started questioning why they couldn't be taught how to read those things and when enough people questioned that that's when they went oh before we have a revolt on our hands we better look like it's a, our idea let's teach people yeah but then they very quickly discovered that this was also a great way we can use this to our advantage to get people to bow down to authority figures to learn the lesson that they're supposed to unquestionably accept, obey, and then when required, recall and repeat what the authority figures told them. And that's what the schooling system really is about. Um, you know, if you look at the majority of truly massively successful people in the world, and in this context, I'm talking about financially successful, um, which isn't necessarily the best benchmark for success in life. If you're happy, that's better than, you know, if you're happy and healthy, that's better than having all the money in the world. But for the context of this world control conversation, I'm going to say those with the most money and power and influence. Um quite often don't have wonderful qualifications. Most of them learned the things that helped them become so powerful, influential and in control, either by being born with a silver spoon in their mouth and connected to a bloodline that kind of guarantees them a certain route, mm. or through the nursery of nightmares, the school of hard knocks, the college of calamities and the university of life. And maybe quite often with the odd bit of criminal dealings along the way. I mean, hey, look at Richard Branson. He used to be involved in pirate radio stations and pirate records and bootleg records and stuff. He's one of the richest men in the world with massive amounts of influence and control. Um, it, it's things, and yet at school they tell you you've got to work hard, you've got to get the best qualifications to get anywhere. Well, that's funny. There's way more people with degrees who are currently un, unemployed uh, and skinned than than you can possibly yeah. imagine. When you when you look back to you know when we were in school, for example, like what like the world has changed so much in the last you know 30, 40 years, oh, so yeah. much. Um, but they're still teaching the same subjects: maths, geography, history, English. They don't teach how to be self-sufficient. They don't teach, you know, psychology. So, so for example, if there's something going on with someone, they might be able to understand themselves a little bit better. Um, that kind of stuff that really, really matters in the real world, they're actually not teaching people to yeah. be independent and strong people, you know? Precisely, because it doesn't fit the long-term aim of make, keeping people in a position where they're easily controlled, influenced, and... I'm going to use the term weak rather than rising yeah. up and getting strength. I mean, maths, yeah, maths is something you need in everyday life, but course, most yeah. people are most people are never going to need algebra. Most people are never going to need most people are not going to need trigonometry. What all people those people that do, like architects, great. If that's what they want to specialize in, then go and learn it, obviously. But yeah. What everybody's going to need at some point, unless you've really got a silver spoon in your mouth, um, is you're going to need the skills of budgeting, um, especially in the cost of living crisis, like the world's getting more crazy and things more expensive, mm. income less. Co budgeting, learning how to, you know, 
make your money last, how to invest money and make money from your own money. These are things that surely, if they wanted the best for people, that everyone should be taught, and yet we're not, like you've just um, mentioned. That surely should raise some big, 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 big flags. Mental health issues are on the rise around the world. What Rental health starts in childhood, in so much as, at the very least, the thing that might tip you over the edge could happen when you're older. But if you've been given firm foundations when you're young, you will be more balanced and more able to cope and overcome things in adulthood. Okay and less likely to develop issues as a child. So why the frigging hell do they not teach people from an early age coping strategies? Um, what some might call self-hypnosis, others might call it meditation, uh, others might call it breathing techniques to calm mm. the mind with positive affirmations. It doesn't matter what you call it. Ultimately, mm. they're all practically the same thing. What? Why not teach people that they can take control of their own mind to make themselves mm. feel better and it have a genuine effect on their mind, body, spirit and soul? Well, I would, I would um, suggest because if you teach people that and they come to realise that and believe it, uh, and feel the benefits of it, that that would start to wake them up to the true possibilities of what their mind mm. can help them achieve with their mind and body um, and would make them far more difficult to influence, persuade and control by the powers that be, those mm. that want that have nefarious intent. They don't want people to be self-automated, self-reliant, self-sufficient, um, there's too much profit in drugs and pharmaceuticals, for example, to tell people the truth that, you know what, as Dr. Bruce Lipton, the author of the book, The Biology of Belief, one of the world's leading experts in epigenetics, um, has shown you can cause genetic cellular level, level change in the human body just by the process of thinking about things right and what some people might refer to as self-hypnosis. They're, they're never going to mention anything about that to, to, to anybody. Even like, for example, around coronavirus time, the ivermectin or taking uh, vitamin, was it C or D? I can't remember. This, vitamin oh, D maybe. Vitamin C, um, C yeah. I think, or D, whichever. Of it. The point is... Um, Conspiracy theories aside. You could only take the vaccines. That was the only way out of it. Never mind uh, going to the gym every day, going for a run every day, you know, um, having good conversations with people, working on your own mind, staying strong, staying healthy was literally like the only way you have out of this is to take a vaccine. Is what they said. I'm mindful and careful about how I answer this because I know that things like YouTube flag up certain phrases. Gotcha. But in terms of that past couple of those couple of years, 2019, um, well, end of 2019, for those that saw the warning signs, 2020 and 2021, um, people will know what we're alluding to there. That was a worldwide demonstration. I'm not saying that there wasn't a genuine um, virus. In fact, if anything, I would say that there definitely was and is. OK, yeah. Um I'm not going to get into the debate about whether it was leaked from a lab or, or anything like that. Mm. Although increasingly evidence is coming out from no, even conventional media uh, outlets suggesting such. 
what I will say is this, that all that's semi-irrelevant. The bigger picture, the bigger picture, okay, is that the powers that be saw an opportunity because if it was accidentally leaked from somewhere, they didn't know and expect it to happen then. That would be true to say. And if it was just a genuine mutation of nature, again, they knew that things like that might happen in the world eventually, but they didn't know exactly when. But sure as hell, there's no argument they took advantage of the situation to instill fear into the mass populace to make them more easily manipulated, influenced, persuaded and controlled uh, to then help plant seeds of suggestions that can grow because while people are in that state of fear or the rabbit in the headlights frozen state, yeah. critical faculties overloaded, everything can go in. And while people are scared that if they don't do X, Y, Z, this could happen, they can sneak in that, you know, while we're at it, it'd probably be safer at the minute if uh, places use contactless payment rather than handling cash because it can be passed through the suggestions. It might be able to be passed on through touching coins and stuff. Well, this gives a cut. That had nothing to do with it, but it gives them a perfect opportunity to start people getting conditioned and used to the idea of doing everything contactless to help push towards um, the central bank digital currencies um that anyone can go and search you know even the bank of england's own website is mentioning central bank digital currencies now and um cashless society aims for tying with uh agenda 2030 sustainable goals for the future which people can go and have a look at it all looks very innocent on the world economic forums website and um you know you'll learn nothing and be happy as they say yeah so you can't um, really and you know what? There's lots of stuff that what the way they put it across that will be highly beneficial to the planet and to human beings. Yes. And I'm sure that some people involved genuinely, sincerely want the best for everybody. OK, not everyone's not to yeah. be trusted. Some a lot of the people are any some pawns that have been brainwashed, manipulated and persuaded themselves who genuinely believe what they're doing is for the best. And indeed, some elements of what they're doing are for the best for the planet and for humanity. But behind, you know, if, if you want to get something nefarious uh, into the world, the best way is to disguise it behind a lot of stuff that is actually genuinely beneficial to people. You know, so I'm not saying that everything's bad because it isn't all. It's just people need to be more awake to the fact that gets people, certain people, not everyone, but certain people in positions of power will take advantage of whatever they possibly can to slip other things in under the radar because it's while people are looking over here. Oh, this panic's going on. What's going on over here in the houses of parliament? Uh, the voting in a new, you know, online harms bill that will take away more people's um, rights and, you know, other bills, policing bill that will uh, mean if they got their way that, that it removed people's right to peacefully protest, um, which yeah. would make it even easier to control and manipulate people because they would have no outlet that was legal to try and ban people together and get them to wake up. 
what, what I'm wondering, Jonathan, is, is you know, I remember years ago, it, it would seem to me, anyway, I don't know if things have changed a lot, it would seem that people wouldn't have stood for this years ago. It seems now that a lot of people understand that something nefarious happened with coronavirus. You know, even the people who bought it in the beginning, including myself, a lot of people would question, you know, what exactly went down and why was it handled the way it was handled? Elon Musk took over Twitter. He released lots of files saying that scientists, scientific evidence uh, that went against the mainstream narrative that was, you know, um, for coronavirus. And even from scientists, that information, they were instructed not to publish that information, as was Facebook and, and uh, obviously the mainstream media as well. So people can see now that actually the information was controlled. Lots of people know this. They know this all over America. Why aren't people banding together and saying, right, we can never let this happen again. We have to make sure that we're getting the information that, that you know, what's true, that we decide for ourselves. We have our own minds. Are people, have people been pacified in some way over the years? Or do you have, what's your input on that, Jonathan? I there is an ever-growing number of people that are trying to do something and speak out. But I mean, just speaking out, the, 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 you know, I don't want to sound negative here, but the best we can hope for is that more and more people start opening their eyes, questioning things, doing independent research. But then what does that mean? More and more people end up talking about it and hopefully try and wake up more and more. Well, no, there's got to be some sort of action. Now, that action, which must be peaceful, legal, lawful, not hurt anyone. Uh, yes, I started in some context, you know, petitions that end up getting stuff talked about in the House of the Parliament. And it has led, uh, on some occasions, to things that they were trying to pass through, bills, being overruled and, and, you know, some MPs jumping on board, some MPs that have not yet been corrupted or, um, you know, that nobody's got any compromise on yet, who actually want the best for people, actually managing to get behind what they've heard the public want and getting things thrown out. However, that just means they'll they'll wait a bit, the powers that be, and find another way of uh, of of doing it down the line. So I think, I don't want to be negative about this, but I think the fact is all we can hope for is to time delay as long as possible the control uh, becoming total. And one massive action that people could take, it takes more than just words, is action, is Pay cash wherever possible. Don't use uh, credit cards or debit cards. Wherever possible, insist on paying cash. For the small business owner, they get to make more profit that way because they don't have to pay bank charges anyway. Um, so it's better for your local small businesses, which they quite often, these big businesses don't want the small businesses in business, um, which is one of the side effects of what happened over that couple of years period, the amount of businesses that went out of business. So pay cash, demand to keep paying cash as long as you can, because if enough people do that, they will not be able to get away with turning things into a cashless society. 
Because once you get the cashless society, especially with the central bank digital currency, which they've talked about being able to, British government, you can check for yourself, search central bank digital currency programmable. Now they say it's for programming uh, for things with a positive intent. You can go and see the articles online. But as people have pointed out, well, once it can be programmed, it can be programmed that you can only spend so much of the money you're given maybe on benefits on uh, paying your rent and only so much can possibly be spent on bills and so much on food, which is all great. That's a great way of helping people budget. That would actually be a positive thing and stop people for, but hang on, you're removing people's freedom of choice, freedom full stop. And if they can do that, what's to stop them going, well, this person spoke out on social media or in public negatively about uh, something that the government was doing. So, you know, in a China social credit um, type of uh, style, we're going to, we're going to freeze their ability to spend anything for 24 hours or two days. It, it, It may not be the intent, but if the possibility of that happening is there, why take the risk? Just cash is king. Let's let's yeah. not go down this cashless route. You know, you take cash away, short of every human being on the planet suddenly getting some sort of um, credit card acceptance system or chip they could carry around, or, or I'm not even going to say implanted, or you know something ridiculous occurring. Uh, that's your car boot sales, second-hand sales out of the window, because how are yeah. people going to pay for stuff? It would so change life going, as we know it. It's 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 not just that it's going uh, it's going cashless. Like what what you are actually doing with your money will be analysed by uh, you know it'll be fed into some kind of you know big data machine. It'll Everything be analysed. Will be it'll in. be manipulated. Uh, it'll be easily manipulated, and they'll be able to see everything you're doing what time you're doing it and i know it's kind of that way anyway with her tapping her cards and everything but they'll actually be able to manipulate it even more that's what that's what they want to feed the feed the machine what's your your smartphone or your smart tv or your other smart device you hear this more and more smart it stands for s-m-a-r-t stands for specific measurable achievable relevant and time bound and these are five specific goals and if you search smart um what what is it you'll see government's own websites saying that they're trying to make the entire infrastructure of the world a smart system where everything communicates with everything else at which point you have zero privacy on any level Zero secrets, zero control, zero freedom, one could argue. There again, one could also weakly argue, and it's true, that if you've got nothing to hide and you're doing nothing illegal, nothing immoral, nothing to harm anyone in any manner, then why should you be bothered? And again, you know what? That's a very valid argument. But of the two, personally, I would like to live in a world where I have the choice. Now... I'm not going to ever choose that choice of doing something that others that, that, that is deemed illegal. I'm not going to, I cannot envisage a situation where I would do anything that would purposely hurt psychologically, emotionally, or spiritually anybody else. 
But I may inadvertently, accidentally, at some point in my life do so. And if I did, I'd like to think I personally could off my own back go and apologise to the individual, do what I could to make it right, rather than some system automatically deciding that this is frozen, you can't do that, this sanction's going to happen, this or, or whatever it may be. Because at that point, we're almost living in a world where we become human robots rather than having free will and free choice. Yeah, it seems that, yeah, all, all those things already are kind of taking away choice from people. So, you know, Facebook, um, Facebook and uh, all of these things that are becoming mainstream now are and, and your smart device, your mobile phone, for, for example, you're not actually like I remember when I was a child sitting in my room, I had nothing to do, only read a book or think think about life, think about stuff, think about myself. And like you'd be forced into the situation because there's not much else to do. And it's actually really good for you. But now, if you have a minute to yourself, most people, including myself, I have to really think about not not looking at it. I have to pick up the phone and keep myself busy looking at that. And it's educational in a way, but it also stupefies people into being um, uh, in individuals and actually discovering more about themselves and figuring out the world in their own minds, you know. Yeah, I, it's, if you if you take control of it, so you turn off your alert, so your phone doesn't bleep every five minutes if you get a new like or a new comment. Turn off the alerts. Set yourself set times of the day that you will at that time, that time, and that time check for any messages you might have, reply to them and see if you've got any comments, rather than becoming a slave to the ping, well, I must look now. Um, you take, you, if you take control of it, then it can be a useful tool to connect with family and friends around the world. That's yeah. the positive side of it that they've used to piggyback, to use it as an influence and control tool to get people addicted to wanting that recognition, to wanting their 15 minutes of fame, um, you know, which is, I'm using TikTok and Instagram as the example, but they're getting people younger and younger into that addicted mode of, I need to, to feel worthwhile and liked, I've got to get likes on Instagram or, or YouTube or TikTok. No, that's not good for people's mental health. One thing, and it's a blatant plug, I have a book called Shit Gnosis, helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together. Uh, it's not for the easily offended because it's not your typical self-help book. Yes, it will help you get over habits, addictions, fears, phobias, and reprogram your mind, but it also covers the kind of stuff we're talking about and how to block out be getting shit fed into your mind um, so that you end up blinkered to what's really going on. So this will upset some people, but for mm. the majority who are open-minded, it can be a, a key to their freedom. And what I explain in there is that all of us as human beings, what I've noticed in my years of doing this work with positive intent, although along the way I have for certain media companies, I was challenged uh, to prove that you could make people do things that they weren't supposed to do. And um, I was involved as the backroom boy, as it were, not actually up front on the screen, but ideas of mine were used within um, a bucket of ice thing was used in both programmes, one called Darren Brown, the Assassin, and one in America called 
brainwashed or hypnotized to kill starring Tom Silver. Both essentially the same project to see if they could influence, persuade, manipulate and brainwash under the guise of apparent hypnosis, but as we know, that's for psychological, emotional manipulation, to get somebody to become mind-controlled assassin and kill somebody and then not remember doing it. And both Darren Brown and Tom Silver succeeded. Mm. And that's because it's not something new. It's been done. It's already been done before. Just think JFK. Um, you know, I'm not saying the person who was hypnotised um, and got the blame um, was actually the person whose bullet killed JFK. But, you know, in fact, it seems to be it was more of just of a, distra a distraction. But the fact is, yeah, but they were. It's a genuine thing. It's happened. And I've hypnotised people to reveal their computer bank, uh, banking access codes, PIN codes, computer passwords. And on Channel 5's The Gadget Show, they showed me doing this. And then people afterwards going, I don't remember telling him this. Well, what is, what is the, pro the process for, for that, Jonathan? What is happening inside a person's mind to, to divulge that information and then not very, remember? Ve very little, because if you've got the conscious mind so distracted or asleep and it's not asleep like but so distracted relaxed or out of the way and the critical faculty has been overloaded and we're just that's giving me free access to their laptop computer um they have no rational thought or analytical process going on consciously they think they're doing something else like telling me what their parents name is let's say mm. you know in a few months' time, when I awaken you, you will believe the very moment, the very second that I ask you what your mother's name is, you'll believe that you're giving me your mother's name. But in actual fact, what you'll find is that without having any conscious knowledge whatsoever, you will just spurt out your computer password. And you'll have no recollection of doing it because you'll genuinely believe that you've told me your mother's name. Hmm. Well. So it's not... It, it can be as simple. There's more to it with Manchunian approach things, but uh, yeah. it can be as simple as um, reframing something that may go against the person's moral code or value so that it's not against their moral code or value and has no conscious resistance because it feels okay to them to do it. Right. But in actual fact, the end result is something that would normally have contradicted their morals or values. An example be being... The, stage, the, state, the whole thing of being on stage and things like that, would that add to, add to it as well, that they're kind of dazzled and go it along makes it, Yeah, show? on stage it makes it even easier, but this, this is done in everyday life, as I say. I yeah. mean, that's something I look at in my documentary, Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, subtitled It's Time for the Sleepwalking Zombies to Wake Up. It's a one-hour, 50-minute-long documentary. Um, it was originally released for people pay-per-view on Amazon Prime, Vimeo On Demand, mm. and other outlets. Then when the pandemic hit us, myself and the producer who put it together decided that people needed waking up more than ever to the harsh reality that they're being hypnotised from every angle of their daily life, from the cradle to the grave. So we took it off sale and put it free of charge on YouTube. Uh, where if people go, for example, to my Celebrity Hypnotist YouTube channel, click on playlists, one of the playlists is called Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis. They can watch it there free of charge, as well as the web series that expands on the individual subjects that's in the documentary. They're giving 
each subject matter has given its own episode of a web series as well. And mm. that will demonstrate to you the areas in life where it's happening to you on a daily basis, religion, politics, the workplace even, shopping, advertising, uh, the media, the education system, every area of life can be controlled, manipulated and influenced by the people at the top of the ladder that, that have got an agenda. And sometimes it is as simple as reframing things. So you think, well, you couldn't just hypnotise somebody and say, when you wake up, go and get this gun and kill somebody. And no, you couldn't. Well, actually, you could with some really highly suggestible people, but you'd have to be incredibly lucky who you got. More likely, you have to take various periods of time um, over a protracted period of time, little by little, through repetition, to get somebody to the point where you could get them to do that. But it can be done and it has been done. However, somewhat easier would be to take the person who that would be abhorrent to the idea of killing somebody and make them believe through regression style hypnosis that they're six years of age and they're playing cowboys and Indians and they're the mm -hmm. cowboy. And in a minute, they're going to find in their inside pocket their cap gun. And they'll realize that cap gun's there when they see the big bad chief Indian who's wearing what consciously they'll see um, as they'll imagine it's almost as if they are dressed as the big bad red Indian that they need to kill but at an unconscious level they'll realise it's the person wearing the red jumper with the words whatever the words are that you know are going to be on that person jumper, mm. or they're wearing this suit, getting out of this car or whatever was relevant. So suddenly then it's not somebody taking a gun and shooting somebody dead. It's somebody who's been regressed to a six year old state of mind playing cowboys and Indians who sees the big bad chief Indian grabs a cap gun and goes bang, 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 bang to kill the big bad chief Indian. And that doesn't contradict the six-year-old's state of mind. They're just playing a game. Hmm. But the end result is you've ended up with somebody murdering somebody. And that and happens. They, yeah. And they will forget. Oh, yeah, it happens. And, and they will forget for a few reasons. A, because you use hypnotic amnesia techniques to suggest to them and command them that they will do. Something that George Esther Brooks uh, people want to investigate him. Uh, his second name's E S T A B R O O K S. George Esther Brooks wrote a book on hypnosis that very quickly got took off sale um, and then re released with a chapter missing. And that chapter was uh, Hypnosis Used in Warfare because he actually wrote down lots of the elements of how to do this. Um, and when the people such as those connected to MK Ultra realised that he'd let the car out of the bag, they quickly got the book withdrawn from sale, removed that chapter before re-releasing it, which people can find is not a conspiracy theory, it's a fact. Go and check Google, you can find this out very quickly. Just bought George Esther book, original book, chapter on hypnosis in warfare, and you'll find that it got removed from sale and that chapter removed very rapidly. Um, see how these things can be done. They're often easier than they appear, dangerously so. But when mm. you add in the financial resources that governments have, 
to be able to do things over a protracted period of time and people who go, well, they wouldn't do things like that, would they? Well, let's be honest, in England recently, we've had the whole undercover police officers scandal of people that were deep, deep undercover um, that ended up married to people and having kids with people that they were originally meant to be just, you know, getting close to an undercover manner and investigating. Yeah? Right. But, so if they can do that, they can sink resources into going deep, deep undercover if it ties in with being able to influence, control and manipulate people into doing things that will have a, neg neg uh, not a negative, will have a knock-on effect for them positively, perhaps for us as the mass populace negatively, um, into world events, socio-politically, then of course they can afford to do that and do things behind the scenes. So, so um, do you, would you think politicians themselves are easily manipulated? And uh, like you, you mentioned earlier, the those at the top, uh, the, the higher ups on the ladder, um, who, who are those people, would you say? And would you say our own politicians are possibly like, I don't think they're they're all nef nefarious. I don't think they all have our, our bad intentions in mind. Some oh, of them of are, are doing their best for us. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Maybe their, their educational background and everything has them doing some things that we might not necessarily agree with. But um, are are they are they being manipulated by someone as well? Of, of, of course. When you get if if voting uh, actually had any particular long term influence, they would never give us the opportunity to vote. It's because they know it doesn't matter. It gives the illusion of choice to the mass populace. And what they actually want the mass populace to be is in that permanent state of fear, confusion, disorientation, where the bandwidth's taken up, where, the, where they're in a state of division and argument. So by having different political parties and setting people against each other, it keeps the mass populace disjointed. They're not going to band together over other things which means it's easier for all the other things to take place because people aren't all going to band together because they disagree on this area of politics yeah, or, this, yeah. um, or this ideal in life. It's done on purpose. Now, a lot of the MPs, of course, are well-meaning and honest, at least initially. Yeah. And many of them remain so, but they often then end up getting um, caught up in some sort of scandal or false allegations, or the health takes a turn for the worse, they get forced out somehow. The real people, the powers that be, are people that we don't know the names of. To answer the question, who are they? I don't know. And I believe that's because they're the people who remain the powers that be. The rest are public puppets to give this illusion of, uh, of choice. And once they're in position, if they can get compromise on them, you know, that if the media can get blackmail material on them, then they will. And they'll often not publish it because they keep it there so that when the powers that be say to them, we need X, Y, Z person to do a certain thing, the media can go and threaten them with, we'll let this out of the bag unless you do X, Y, Z. Does that go on? Well, Decide for yourself, just search uh, media scandals, uh, compromise, blackmail. Look at websites like Byline Investigates. Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah, look at uh, media abuse, uh, support yeah. groups for media abuse victims like Hacked Off. And yes, it does take place. Um, mm. 
So there's well-meaning, honest people in politics, yes, there is, as there is in every walk of life. But when you get to a certain area, like I'm going to say, like a prime minister level, um, you are going to end up being toured in a back room by people far more powerful than you. <laughs> Tour the line, do this or you're out. Yeah. So so it's it's it seems to me the whole thing is run by kind of the deep state, uh, like a, a shadow government. Kind yeah. of under, oh, under yeah. the guise of national security, need to know basis, compartmentalization. So no one kind of knows the full story of exactly what's what's going on. They all know they're doing a job. They're just a few, a few, a handful of people know. Um, we we um, things that people can look into because this does sound about shit, cra bit about shit crazy. The areas that we, we, we've got into, and it does sound a bit. Very conspiracy theory yeah, yeah, type yeah, stuff. And there is lots of stuff connected to it out there that is batshit crazy theories where people have got, gone off on one. But the root, the root element of what I've been talking about, we've been talking about, is founded in fact that's easily checked out. So, for example, one I'll throw out there for people to look at is a company such as... Um, just let me open my web window here. I... Yeah. Do not want to name the company wrong because then it, it, it oh go on. If I mention it to you, you might remember. There's um, a financial company that basically owns the shares and manages the portfolios most of the biggest brands in the world, something like Black BlackRock. Is it BlackRock? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a. I, I seen a, a kind of a, a documentary recently about a, a, a supercomputer that they have called Aladdin that autonomously manages uh, finance finances of the world, basically, and governments actually rent the use of this this uh, off off BlackRock. So they have a massive right. amount of. Power. That's it, BlackRock and Vanguard, mm. two companies that between them, if you check them out. It's not hidden. It's just that people don't bother looking because they don't know these things. So why would they know to look for it? But if you yeah. do look, BlackRock and Vanguard. BlackRock and Vanguard own 18% of Fox, 16% of CBS, 13% of Comcast, which owns NBC, MSNBC. I could go on and on. But they also own large percentages. And bearing in mind, we're on about they own large percentages of all the mass major famous name companies in the world that sell you food, drugs, the whole lot. Yeah. But aside from them owning massive percentages themselves, they also manage the portfolios, the investment portfolios of some of the richest people in the world. And in those portfolios, those people also own large amounts of shares. So in terms of controlling they control an even bigger percentage than just that which they own because they're doing it on behalf of their clients as well. And we're talking about when you go and look for yourself, we're talking about the vast majority of the world's biggest companies that supply you food, um, drink, um, the media programs, the things that control and run the world are controlled by a tiny handful of people, just like the media. There's only five or six media moguls in the world, one of whom is Rupert Murdoch. 
you know, the home of TV stations, radio stations, mm. newspapers, these days websites, a tiny handful of people control the perceptions and beliefs of not just many, but the majority. Mm. Yeah, and they'll probably be pretty much experts in what you do as well or be advised by, oh. you know... People who want yes. they, they will have people who advise them. Of course, politicians do. Politicians get trained when they get into certain levels. Certainly, they get trained in body language, nonverbal communication. There's a reason why when they're talking, politicians will do this a lot. It's because it's the idea that having the hands open towards people is I'm open, I'm not hiding anything. Or when they want to get something across, really, they'll they'll do this thumb. Is a thumb up with the hand. I will do this for you. I will do this. This will mm. happen. Vote me in. There's a sound psychological reason behind them all, and they are taught these things. Um, that there are companies that teach them. In fact, Parliament itself, on near the grounds of Parliament in England, there is an office of what is called the Behavioural Insights Team, BIT, B-I-T which is dubbed in the media, they make they don't even hide it. They're that blatant about it these days. They're dubbed in the media as the nudge unit. And they openly admit their job is to find ways to influence, persuade, and control the general public and nudge them into the way of thinking that the government wants them to think. They don't even hide it now. And they're linked to uh, the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, which if people go and check out the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations own website. And in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm just tapping it in a window here. Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, London, England. Going on to who we are, and this is what they say. Um, considering the alive beautifully complex nature of humans and their relations. We attract people who thrive in a questioning atmosphere, people who embrace both the evidential and soulful. Oh, that sounds kind of um, kind of nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and they go on and talk about how it's to help people see things clearly and all this. However, when you read between the lines, what they do when they do when you dig through the website, they do admit to this is they find the best way to psychologically manipulate, influence and control people for advertising companies, for governments, for those people in power. So it's no surprise to learn that the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, which incidentally um, originally started off as the Tavistock Hospital in London, which was linked with the CIA in London, um, in America at the time of the MK Ultra mind control, trauma-based mind control experiments. Check it out. This is where it all roots from. Is in the same office building on the back street of London, as you'll see in my documentary on my Celebrity Hypnotist YouTube channel in the Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis playlist, uh, is in the same building as the British Psychological Society, which um, is the kind of governing body of psychiatrists, you know, these psychiatrists who believe in the Bible of DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Illness and Disease, a work of fiction voted on by a committee uh, who sit around a table and vote on giving things labels and names so they can justify prescribing chemical drugs to people 
and make massive profits in the process, where in truth, they could help not everyone, but a large amount of them using the kind of psychological self-help techniques that are taught in my book, Shit Gnosis, helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together. But the thing is, that wouldn't make them millions and billions of pounds selling drugs mm. if they were to use things such as I teach in the book. Would your uh, would you say, Jonathan, your book is as good as having a, a session with, with, with yourself? Yes, for one reason, because it actually does give you sessions with me. Uh, mm. Because what I found was a weakness in other self-help books, okay? There's some really great self-help books out there. But what I found is some of them are good at dealing with people's self-esteem. Some are great for self-confidence. Some are great for dealing with imposter syndrome. Some, they're all fragmented. What I've done after 33 years of doing this, helping other people and longer helping myself because I had traumas growing up, getting bullied because I was born on the circus, had ginger hair, was perceived as the odd one out. Um, you know, I've gone through the addiction thing myself to cocaine, cannabis, alcohol, gambling, and then got over them and cleaned up my act using the exact techniques I help other people with but also used on myself, what I've done in here is the failings of other self-help books are two a fewfold. Number one, some people are logical and naturally analytical and sceptical people. Some people are naturally creative and emotional and spiritual types. There's areas, grey areas in between in the sliding scale, but there's two ends of the scale and the techniques that work best for logical analytical critical minded um skeptical people don't work very well for creative spiritual new agey types and vice versa so what i've done is in this book is i provided two sets of techniques and pointed out this is better for you if you feel and think this way and this one's better or this one's better for you if you fall into the other category and where only one technique's relevant, I explain how to use it differently in a way that's best for the way that you're wired up. And also how to discover which category you fall into. And perhaps most importantly, there's tons of these things, QR codes in the book, that you can just scan with your device. And rather than relying on you actually just reading a book and then understanding it fully and putting it into action, those QR codes will take you to interactive videos of me demonstrating the technique, talking you through it, teaching it you and guiding you, holding you by the hand. So it's like being there in the room with me and paying for a therapy session, except you don't have to pay, you know, £500 or $750 for a therapy session. All it costs you is a one-off investment of £14.70 United Kingdom sterling or 17 United States dollars um, going on Amazon and getting shit notices by Jonathan Royal. And you won't need, there's no upsell. There's no other books or there's no audio um, MP3s for sale at the end. There's no go and buy this because everything you need is available either in the printed word or via the QR codes that are in there that give you access to the interactive videos. Because I don't want people to be dependent on having to buy another course or another book. No, it's all in here. There's no upsell. There's nothing else. It's all in here. It literally genuinely is 
every technique I've found to be consistently reliable with myself, sorting my own life out and helping the lives of tens of thousands of other people, whether it's overcoming habits, addictions, fears, or phobias, dealing with panic attacks, anxiety, depression, chronic pain issues. I mean, you can't take a, somebody with a, a, a terminal illness and cure them. I'm not going to sit here and say that. A, because I'm not legally allowed to, and B, because in most cases you can't. Because even if it was possible, as Dr. Bruce Lipton's research in epigenetics suggests, because you can, through the mind, cause organic cellular level change in the body, but for that to happen, the individual who's going to have that happen to them needs to truly believe it can happen and expect it to happen. And most people are in such a blinkered negative state of mind by that point in life that, that not, they won't allow it to occur. But to honestly, the claims I can honestly make of this, that this book, Shit Gnosis, is the only self-help and personal development book, I'm reading this off the back word for word, that you will ever need to transform your life positively on all levels, enabling you to more rapidly turn your wildest goals, dreams, ambitions and desires into your new reality, whilst also along the way overcoming any habits, addictions, fears, phobias, emotional issues or other problems you may currently have from A through to Z. Even things such as many health issues that are considered by many impossible to help can at the very least be massively improved in terms of your quality of life achieved using the methods taught by Royal within the pages of this truly amazing book and the supporting videos that you're also giving access to via the QR codes. This is the key law. Put the contents of this book into action in your daily life and you can finally say goodbye to all the shit of the past that has until now been holding you back. The key there is you have to take action. And if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. It's not good enough to read a self-help book and go, that sounds good. I reckon that'll work. Or to go through the process once. We get brainwashed, indoctrinated, uh, and conditioned through years of our life, through repetition from numerous sources. You can, whilst you can often sometimes get miraculous results using a process once, that will likely wear off after a period of time, unless you water the plant, so to speak, the positive seed that you put in your mind. There's got to be repetitions. So you have to start using these techniques positively to empower you on a daily basis so that they not only delete all the negative crap from the past and metaphorically install positive uh, antivirus software for your brain, your laptop computer, but also so that they put up that barrier to other crap getting in or stop you from relapsing. It's, it's about getting to the core. And the key thing that this book does is look at the fact that human beings and the powers that be know this. That's why I say all hypnosis or brainwashing is largely down to, yes, fear. It can often be, but fear is just another emotion. So it's emotional and psychological manipulation because they understand they can use it negatively. I use it positively. They understand that all human beings, even though they may not consciously be aware of it, not about what the person consciously thinks, it's about 
back here that's important. Mm -hmm. All human beings need to, to operate at full potential, need to feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued. Now, if from birth to Sigmund Freud, I call him sick mind fraud, uh, mm -hmm. said the formative years were birth to seven. I actually believe the formative years are from birth till about puberty, teenage years, because it's not until around that time or a little bit after that the critical faculty, analytical area, or as psychologists call it, the executive function of the brain starts to kick in and work. Prior to then, we, we're just taking stuff in, good, bad, or indifferent. That's why we get so much shit running in that computer, working against us. That's what this book's about, getting in there, getting rid of the negative shit that's been holding you back to free you up to move forward more positively. Now, those things sounding very similar, but listen to the list again and get a thesaurus and look up the meanings of loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued. Some of them are relevant to self-esteem, some to self-confidence, some are to self-image, some are to self-control, aka willpower. They go for different areas. They sound very much the same, but they're actually a very different psychological and emotional effects on people. So here's the thing. Get ready for this. Give us a big one to swallow this, but you can always replay the video or the audio and take notes, check a thesaurus, see the meanings, and then go, oh, yeah, see where it's coming from. If you have any lacking as a human being, so if at any point from birth to teenage years, you get any lack in those areas or any negative impact in those areas so that you don't feel fully loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished, or valued. And this can be something you're not consciously aware of. It could just be a teacher at school saying that you weren't good enough or you didn't try hard enough. It can be lots of little things over years that build up and get into that laptop computer and build up so much shit that it has a negative impact later. If there's been any of them, and trust me, there will have been for every human being. It's practically yeah. impossible to get through those first 13 years of life without some sort of negativity or what is perceived as negativity by our brain and our perceptions at that age when we're three or four or five or six or seven. We'd look at it now as adults and laugh and go, that can't possibly affect us, surely. That bloom bursting at my three-year old birthday party cannot possibly be holding me back now as an adult can it that's ridiculous and it would be if that's all it was but the thing is as a three-year-old when that bloom burst you fell on it and somebody walking past knocked you it wasn't a bloom to you at that time because such is the power of the child's imagination uh, you may have turned that into a magical fairy kingdom castle that was full of living fairies and that bloom bursting was actually the castle getting destroyed and the fairies killed so to the three-year-old's brain and perception, that experience in that moment is as traumatic as us as an adult losing a loved one or partner or family member or friend in a tragic road accident. Yeah. <clears throat> and it gets frozen in time because the three-year-old can't understand it. So it goes into the neck top computer, the unconscious subconscious, and it's the trauma that's there that's never been dealt with. To an adult, it sounds ridiculous until I explain it the way I just did. You think we can't have things like a bloom bursting when we were three, causing us negativity in later life? 
Yeah, you can. And we explain that in here in the chapter where I asked the question, are you emotionally constipated? Yes, there's a lot of shit puns and scat jokes in here. In fact, we teach a technique called SCAT, S-C-A-T, which is uh, stands for subconsciously charged analytical tapping, which is a meridian energy tapping system to help you release traumas. Um, so when you understand that, you can understand that if there's been any negative impact at any point from birth to teenage years, that means that even if it's just one area, it doesn't have to be all seven, it can be in one of them, although for some people it'll be in two of them, for some it's three, for some it's four, for some it's five, for some it's all seven. But if you've had any negative impact on any area of feeling loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued, it will have had a negative impact on your self-confidence, your self-image, your self-esteem, and or your self-control, aka willpower. And if there's been any negative impact there, it will have had some kind of negative impact on your self-worth, self-respect, self-love, and positive selfishness, that ability to look after yourself fully to then be of use to others. And if there's been any negative impact there, ultimately it will negatively impact on your sense of self, who you truly are, your identity, okay? Identity, the first two letters are ID, id. Conscious mind is your ego. Hang on, that's the ego and the id that Freud talked about. Mm, but more simply explained. It will have a negative effect on your self-identity. It will feel like something is missing. And then as a result, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, or it's because of the autopilot computer, we'll try and fill that up. And it might be through smoking, create a smoke screen, eating too much to bury it, drugs to escape the feelings. They're all metaphors, but it's kind of, that laptop computer, trying to make you aware something needs to be done to change this. Unfortunately, while there's almost trauma still in there from childhood, the mini traumas, frozen in time moments, um, and negative suggestions that have gone in, whatever conscious effort you put in to stop smoking, that's why people relapse, whether it's months or years later, they relapse, or... Symptom substitution takes place. They do stop smoking, but they end up eating too much instead. Or they do stop taking cocaine, but they become a, an over-the-top gym freak to the point of it being potentially dangerous to them. It's because they've not dealt with those underlying programs that are running in the laptop computer. They've not released the mini traumas, and they've not rebalanced those emotional pillars, as I call them, in the book. So the key to everything, and we cover this in the book and how to do it, techniques galore, is that even though you're not consciously aware of it, one job is you need to go through a, a metaphoric, um, important seeming ritualistic process because your unconscious subconscious mind works in abstract images. That's why when you dream, it's often batshit crazy. Um, that is why um, the British Army have set up a, a thing called the 77th Brigade or 77th Battalion. You can check. Google it, you'll find it. They openly boast they're a new division who specialise in psychological welfare, psychological operations, so-called psyops. Right? I'm just pausing a moment because, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've well, even, they've well, even well, got a website recruiting people. Yeah. Because World War Three is happening already. And it isn't a war of guns. It's a war that's played out through psychological warfare. And it's cognitive, yeah. cognitive warfare, cognitive yeah. control, really. Yeah. And it's emotional, psychological control and the use of fear and manipulation, uh, uh, 
trying to keep people in that unbalanced, confused and disorientated state where the emotional imbalances is there and providing everything they can to distract from people having the opportunity or realisation that if they release those mini traumas, go through ritualistic processes of healing their metaphoric inner child at those different ages so that trauma can be let go of by the amygdala in the brain so that it's no longer holding them back. They're no longer walking around with that shit on the shoulders, that emotional baggage, that unconscious self-blame, shame, guilt and regret can be released once and for all and that they can repair those emotional feelings so that they do feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued, so that then in turn they feel fully self-confident, the self-image, self-esteem, self-control is repaired, so that their self-worth, self-love, self-respect and positive selfishness is repaired, so that in turn their self-identity is healed and made whole again. That gap is filled positively, at which point they no longer need, they will no longer need one crave or desire for that drug of choice that once distracted them, or they won't be scared by that thing that once scared them because they will be fully balanced, whole, and as nature originally intended them to be before they started getting daily negative messages from birth. Excellent, Jonathan. Some really fantastic uh, advice. I really appreciate it. And as you said, I, I guess it's not just for people who have suffered a memorable trauma or who are trying to to give up something no. they're addicted to. This is for, for everyone. Everyone. Right? All of us are walking around with some kind of, well, depends how often you use these techniques. I'd like to think at the minute I'm walking around with very little shit because I still use these techniques regularly because um, mm. they don't take long once, once you get used to using them. But until you start doing something with conscious intent to gain access to the, your kind of control room of the mind, um, to talk to your head engineer, aka that little voice in your head, so that it ends up stop saying you're not good enough or stop, stop saying things that makes you doubt yourself and instead ends up saying you've got this, you can get through this, you are good enough and you're able to get in there and delete all the negative thoughts, feelings, energies and emotions connected to those mini traumas. It doesn't have, when, when people say childhood trauma, they think of people being uh, sexually abused or physically Hey, and yes, that could be something that some people unfortunately do have to also deal with. But the techniques are the same. It's just that you have to use them a bit more often uh, in those situations. But all of us have got some kind of shit we're walking around with, even if it is only blooms bursting at a three-year-old birthday party, but that to us were actually magical fairy kingdoms full of fairies that seemed very real at that time. Whole world the three-year-old, it was yeah. To the three-year-old, it was traumatic. Mm. All right, Jonathan. Well, look, I really appreciate your time, and uh, thank um, you, Richard. Yeah, thanks very much. It was a great, great conversation, and uh, I hope people can can take a lot from it. And and again, My key your messages: yeah. question everything, even question everything I've said. Don't take what I've said as read. Go do your own independent research. You'll soon find out that we both myself and Richard have been telling the truth when we talked about MK Ultra and Project Mockingbird, Cambridge Analytica, and, and the influence and control tactics used by Tavistock Institute, the Behavioral Insights team, and all these kind of things. You'll find out for yourself, but it's better that you find out for yourself because that starts the process of believing in yourself and not relying on authority figures to be what you believe in. 
so that you start to question all authority figures, not in a negative sense, don't get me wrong. If a police officer comes up and says, can you please evacuate this building? Uh, we, we believe there could be a dangerous package in here. Leave, whether you believe him or not. Common sense, apply, it's probably not got anything to gain other than protecting your safety in that context. Common sense must be applied here. Don't become too blindingly the other way, a sleepwalking conspiracy theorist either. There is a middle ground of rationale, critical analytical thought, where you independently research things and work out what is true based on the evidence that truly exists. And also what feels right for you, what your gut feeling says is right. Because, you know, you'll have all had experiences in life with hindsight, where you look back and go, you know, at the time, it just didn't feel right. I wish I bloody trusted myself. But it's about re-educating yourself to trust yourself. There's a reason there's such a thing as a gut instinct. And there's, you know, and, and your heart, there's no saying, don't let your head rule your heart. The reason for that is because there are actually more neural pathways going from the heart to your head brain than there are the other way around. That's been proven. Why is that? There must be a reason. Um, it can only be, I, I think, that that isn't just a metaphor, that saying, don't let your head overrule your heart. It's kind of saying, be guided by your heart more. Trust your gut instinct. And when you do that, you'll start to wake up to the fact there's a lot of people out there who maybe don't have your best interest at heart. I agree. I agree. And uh, Jonathan, again, thank you very much for your time. I really thank you, appreciate Richard. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jonathan Royal. Thank you.